Just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean you stop interacting with the opposite sex. And when you do, there's always the possibility that someone could be unfaithful and the possibility that someone could be unreasonably insecure and jealous. In this Love You podcast, I'm going to outline exactly what constitutes cheating and what doesn't. I am positive that no one will disagree with me, and this will be the last word on the subject forever. Stick around. I'm Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome to the Love You podcast. Keep listening to learn if it's cheating or not cheating. When we're done, I'll let you know how you could apply to Love You to create a relationship that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. We start today's podcast with a question from a reader. Many women would adamantly argue that their husband flirting with a young, attractive single gal at a party is big stuff. Whereas I suspect to you and your wife, it's small stuff. So in 2022, what's your definition of small versus big stuff? I love this question. Uh, and I've answered versions of it for many years uh, on my blog. I blog twice a week for 15 years. You're bound to get the same questions. And so this is something that came up a lot. And I've got some pretty uh, seminal posts on the definition of cheating and the definition of micro-cheating. And this is sort of pulled from those ideas. As everything, uh, our opinions are formed by our life experience and how we grew up and our belief system. And, and so while I'm asserting this, that the, this is the definitive answer, I am suspecting you're not gonna agree with everything I have to say here. Since I had a relationship with a woman who was petrified of me cheating so much that she would continually check my web browser when I was not looking to ensure I wasn't looking up people online, I was. She would yell at me at parties for talking to other women, ostracize me in the car ride coming home, uh, broke up with me three times in six months, even though I was wildly in love with her and have never cheated on anybody in my entire life. I have pretty strong feelings about what it's like when you're made to feel guilty when you're not. And so I think if everybody gets on board with what I'm about to share, the world will be a happier, more confident, healthier place. Thankfully, everything I'm about to share with you, my wife agrees with me. So there's no internal tension in our household. Uh, if you wouldn't want to date me, I do understand that as well. So what is cheating? Where do you draw the line? Is it purely physical? Is it emotional? Can you be a cheater just for thinking about someone but never acting on it? Lots of people debate this, but I don't actually think it's much of a debate. Cheating is based on intention and a level of interaction. Flirt, and I'm really going to run down a list for you, and this list is going to appear on the screen. Flirting with a woman at a party? Not cheating. Asking for that same woman's number? Cheating. Watching online porn? Not cheating. Communicating with a woman via live webcam? Cheating. Having lunch with your ex? Not cheating. Having sex with your ex? Cheating. <laughs> Liking an Instagram model's photo? Not cheating direct messaging the same Instagram model to come over and sit on your face? Cheating. There's not that much to me that's confusing about that or contradictory about that. So I want to give you a broader view, not just my view. This is stuff that I've researched and I want to quote from someone who I really respect. This is author Tai Tashiro. 
Um, and his quote is, though micro-cheating does not involve physical contact with someone outside the community relationship, it's important to avoid the temptation and overemphasize the micro part of the phrase and remember that cheating is the operative word. When one betrays a partner's trust, there are always emotional consequences for the partner's well-being and the integrity of the relationship. And so this is a, probably the most commonly held view is that everything that you could ex extrapolate in this, in this slippery slope is a form of cheating if someone feels it's a form of cheating. And that brings us to what part is actually betraying a partner's trust. To me, it requires the aforementioned action and intention followed by the lie about it. So another quote, after all, solid relationships are based on trust and micro-cheating isn't exactly a trustworthy behavior. This is his view of micro-cheating, not mine. If you're keeping your interactions on the down low, what's lost on people who cheat is that their interpretation or rationalization of the cheating doesn't matter. It's the interpretation of their partner and their partner's feelings that matters. There's an old saying in social psychology, what's perceived as real is real in its consequences. And that certainly applies to micro-cheating. When someone feels there's been an infidelity, there's a sense that an agreed upon standard has been uh, violated and it's human to respond to deception with anger, distrust, and a loss of affection. So I think he's articulating what most women who've been cheated on feel, that anything that feels like cheating, which includes flirting with someone or liking um, an Instagram photo or having lunch with an ex, is all part of the same thing. If I feel threatened by it, it is therefore wrong and it's therefore cheating. I don't know about that. So to play devil's advocate, what if a man is perfectly comfortable with the aforementioned behaviors, right? The things she's uncomfortable with, he's perfectly comfortable with. Talking to a woman at a party, liking a photo online, masturbating in private, staying friends with an ex, right? If I'm cool with that and I have my own boundary. There's nothing untoward actually happening. There's no intention of cheating. There's no uh, even emotional infidelity, but the person I'm with is not happy. How is that she's right and I'm wrong? And again, you could reverse the genders on this, right? The woman could, could feel the exact same way. So why is it that one person's feelings trump the other person's feelings? Let's hold on to that for a second. Let's just consider that. Also, having been the guy who's been in this situation, the guy's faced with two unpleasant choices. And again, you can use it as a woman. If you've ever been with a man who's jealous, you, you, could, you could put yourself in my shoes really, really easily. He's then faced with two unpleasant choices. You're, if you're the person who thinks your behavior is benign because the intention is pure, stop engaging in the behavior that is clearly not cheating because the partner is insecure or jealous, or to keep the peace, lie, because the partner can't handle the truth. And again, I'm giving you, this is reality-based dating coaching. This is not, I'm not cleaning it up. I'm not trying to make anybody look good. This is what people do. If I'm gonna be petrified that if I go, you know, if I go out to, and this is, this is not me, obviously. If I go out to lunch with my ex-wife to talk about our teenage daughter and my current wife is gonna be flipped out about it, there's very little incentive to tell her I'm going out to lunch with my ex-wife to talk about my teenage daughter because I'm never gonna hear the end of it. And so again, we could flip the genders on this. This is about people who I believe are unreasonably jealous and insecure based on past precedent. So I know I'm not the lying type. 
Anybody who knows me knows I'm not the lying type. I would sooner break up with someone who forbids me to be myself. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people put up with relationships where there's shackles. You're going to tell me who you're with. You're going to tell me how late you're staying, right? Where you're under some sort of surveillance state and they normalize this. And I don't think, I understand why the people who are insecure about infidelity are tempted to do that. But what they lose sight of is that people who keep things from them um, that might hurt them are only doing so, ironically, to protect them. Not because they're incorrigible liars who are trying to betray their partners, but because they're fundamentally conflict averse and they don't want to change their habits nor pay, face the possibility of blowing up their relationship. Right? And that, that's that's crazy that it should come to this, right? If a, if a, if a guy masturbates on, online that it could blow up his relationship, but with someone that could blow up their relationship. And so instead of changing his behaviors, he's more likely to just withhold the behaviors or use an incognito browser or go into a room or stay late at work or, right? These are the things that people feel forced to do when their partner is not letting them be themselves, even though what they're being is not objectively threatening. So there's a Dr. Robert Weiss. I think he's got a quote that resonates with me. It is somewhat normal to find other people attractive within a committed relationship, just not to act on it. Quote, being in a relationship doesn't mean you never notice anyone other than your partner, says Weiss. It also doesn't mean you can't enjoy it when someone flirts with you, regardless of whether you respond in kind. Nor does this type of behavior automatically reflect poorly on the strength of your relationship or how attractive you find your partner or how good your sex life is. Sounds like something I could have written. In other words, flirting, fantasizing, fine. Acting on the fantasies without your permission, not fine. As long as you know your own boundaries, right? you can give him all the leeway in the world until he actually breaches your trust. Now, this is admittedly a nuanced view that doesn't make either party wrong. Everybody's entitled to his or her feelings. And it's entirely possible that two people just are never going to see eye to eye on this. They're, it might mean they're incompatible. That story about the, the, the woman I dated at the, at the top of the podcast, God, I, I would have married her. Right? But after she broke up with me three times and then talked to her therapist and her therapist was like, no, he's, he's a normal guy. <laughs> like he doesn't, no big red flags here. That's what her therapist told her. She couldn't get over this idea that I should... You know, uh, the, the, the person that she fell for, this out there, extroverted, charismatic, flirtatious guy, um, should not be that way around anybody else in the world but her. She couldn't square that. She really needed someone who only had eyes for her and, and, and couldn't even acknowledge the existence of anybody else. Her level of insecurity was such that she needed that. So presumably she went out and found that person and I found a wife who trusted me, who isn't threatened by the fact that Kim Kardashian lives in Calabasas where I live and that I might run into her one day. Like there's no, you know, it's like, oh, that's a, that's a, that's, she's on your list, Evan, go, go get it. To me, that's a much healthier attitude is to understand it and normalize it and laugh at it rather than treat everything as an existential threat. But if you've been cheated on, if you're in an unwitting polyamorous relationship, if you uh, saw this kind of stuff around your house, it, like it's very easy to conflate normal um, 
you know, eyes, you know, head spinning at an attractive woman or looking at a Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue or having a fun conversation with attractive women at a party with something that is much larger than that. And so everybody needs to kind of land in their spot, but I'll tell you, you're gonna have a lot more success with the opposite sex, right? When you have a wider berth for what you find acceptable, as long as you could accept it. My book says it's full trust or no trust. If you truly trust your guy, you couldn't imagine him cheating on you. He's got a strong moral code. He treats you well. Even if he's attracted to other women, he would never think of jeopardizing his relationship for a fling. And therefore, you let everything go. That's not actually cheating behavior. And when you do so, you watch him express the ultimate devotion to you because no one has ever treated him that way before. Right? And that's the real magic. That's where I want to end today. You're going to be the only woman in his entire life who's ever fully understood and accepted this about him and was confident enough for him to choose you to allow him to be himself, to not try to change him. No, he's always going to come back to you because you're that person. That's why he's going to stick with you forever. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Thank you for tuning into the Love You podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please share an honest review on Apple. More reviews equals more awareness of the Love You podcast and more love in the world. And if you have everything except a man and you want to have a happy, healthy relationship, I can help you. In Love You, you will gain confidence, learn to trust your judgment, and find a man who makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Go to www.evanmarkkatz.com and click to watch my free video. When you're done, you could apply to Love You to join hundreds of other smart, strong, successful women in a coaching community where women like you actually get the love you deserve. I'll see you there.